We hope you enjoy the following Playboy Radio production. Chances are you're going to love what you hear. Please go to playboyradio.com and become a member for more playmates, more shows, and exclusive extras. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Yo, man, you know who this is? This is Jarrett B, Playboy Playmate. Come on in, girl. Hey, Ice. Attention, celebrities, rock stars, rappers, and badass athletes. Cheris B is here to save you from your own fake-ass interviews. Doesn't get fly to this. Hey, everybody, it's Cheris B and Tom Robb, Hellboy, a.k.a. Hellboy, on the Backstage Pass, and... We are, uh, we're back with another, I love having you here, I just have to say. Like, I couldn't imagine now doing any yeah, shows without you. Yeah, now it seems you. like we've been doing it for a while. I know, like like. So how are you years. doing this by yourself? That's, uh, that's got to be crazy. You mean a, like a 56-minute monologue? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to say how do you entertain yourself so, but, uh, for an yeah, hour, but. <laughs> it's never an hour. Um, you, know, you. I, but, <laughs> you know, I, you know. I, they just kind of like put a microphone in front of me and, you know, I'm, I'm a talker. Like I annoy everybody. Yeah, we've been, Like every, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I annoy everyone. Everyone's just, you know. Well, let's remind people, obviously, your background and, and the Playboy tie for you and for, for the last many, many years. And, and now that it's been about 10 years since a little bit more since. Uh, more, 13. Okay. February 2003 seems just like yesterday. So, I want to do it all over again. I want to be playmate okay. of the year. So what? Two thousand. Explain to us, and we have an <laughs> amazing guest here. We'll get to in a little bit, but I'm sure he has some Playboy questions. And Playboy was always a part of most of our guest lives. But for you, you come from a much different angle on this. So is it something you always thought of, or? Well, kind of like secretly, because I lived in a very like I was supposed to be like. In the deb, like I was supposed to be a debutante, you know. Wow, Deb's gone bad. Is that what happened? Yeah, I went to all girls Catholic boarding school. Uh, I was better. like, I was in uniforms. Uh, and story's getting better. I was just like, I, I, I wasn't meant to wear like the polo shirt with a collar up, and you know, just like play to the beat of that really conservative world with a bunch of skeletons in their closet world. I wanted to uh, wear my skeletons on my sleeve and then have my own ideas of what's conservative to me personally. I didn't feel, I thought that was a very false world to live in, to be honest with you. Well, so you have the venue now to talk about stuff like that, but how did you get from Playmate to where you are now on the radio? Well, actually it was, um, I, I, when I became a playmate, I was also chosen from Miller Lite to be a Miller Lite representative, like right when I became a playmate. And they sent me out, uh, to 12 cities around the U S in February of 2003 to do a game called, and I'm sure both of you guys know this called spin the bottle. (laughs) And we, (laughs) I have a feeling your version might've been different, but we're, we're we went to college, we went to bars and it was colleges and I basically was the host of spin the bottle okay um in many different cities and um, so you made a lot of friends and so i made a lot of friends i didn't personally play 
I what just year was that? Where was I? I, <laughs> I just was I was motivating because you know I'm a motivational type person. We're, we're motivated right so, now. So yeah. yeah, I was Clearly. like I was the one to motivate people to wow. really get wild and play spin the bottle okay. in all of these cities. And during that time, each city I went to, I was doing radio and promoting that where you know okay, wherever so you we got were going to play. Doing radio and I it. said to myself, you know, like I can't rely on my looks for a long time so i think radio might be a really yeah. great I'm thing to go into in the future for yeah no it, no no well i could do this until i'm 80 as long as i like have something current and interesting and to I talk understand. about I think tom and i we got a face for radio yeah, yeah exactly. i have a face what for radio forever yeah that the more in trouble well, luckily. <laughs> well, it's just uh, more we fun get, when people actually the, see. Yeah. How you bridge the gap from uh, private school girl to... Do you want to yeah, yeah, hear yeah, how and, I got and, naked? And, and, and the <laughs> motivating part. What bus yeah. did you get on? Yeah. Well, well can you just introduce our guest yeah, first? I would love well, to. well, I have this great intro, but I can't get... I know. I, I do want to tell you because no, we'll it's really right a good story. I know. I bet it is. That's why I'm here. Okay. That's why I'm here. To hear about how I got into Playboy and decided to get naked from being a debutante. Yes. We're not talking about the drummer for Queens of the Stone Age. And, about that too, but yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and any of your amazing accolades, we're actually talking about how we're, I went we're from the Catholic visual boarding school. Where you're we're in all a here Catholic school okay. outfit. We're all here together. This yeah. is about us. Well, yeah. and yeah. so forget you right now. We'll just talk about me and how I went wow. from getting to like Catholic boarding school. That's fair. To you know taking it all off yeah. for Playboy. So you're in a dungeon. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> we're with you. And I just you know I just. <laughs> felt like and you met two other girls something and yeah and it's then, hot in there Go. and then i was like it's you know it's hot in here take off all your clothes yeah and that sounds so familiar. yeah exactly and and so i just you know next thing you know i was like you know you know what it really was a lot of people were asking me what wh who are you modeling for like this, this is pre i mean there was no instagram no and they were so like people were, were asking trails. me who who i was i who was i modeling for and who, and who was i it was more or less who was i right. and i was on the east i lived on the east coast i was washington dc Virginia. I recognize in your accent, huh? Uh, yeah, do you? These kids are from Baltimore. Right. Yeah. Baltimore? I I, Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, so We're do you that. remember a club called Nation? Of course in, I remember Nation, That was huh? my club. I owned that. What? Yeah. yeah. I think I may have forgotten some evenings there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, big so super she. club. Yeah, yeah it was like DC. the first time in Southeast for me. You know? Capital Ball. It used to be the Capital Ball room. Oh, right, 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 right. Let, let's just let him know who there. No, we'll get right back to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we're talking. And the black hat yeah, yeah. I'm the I only got, person who's. Uh, in do you remember the Bayou? Too. Of course. That we own the Bayou too. That was my club too. Wow. See, my my ex father-in-law gave we that club to playmate yeah, to we, owning clubs. Yeah. We forgot that Tom little transition. So much going yeah. on here. Uh, yeah. I'm the only person, incidentally, in history to have ever been fired from the Black Hat. Just, I just want to. Okay, add that wasn't my. I, we wouldn't have fired you. I know. <laughs> No. Actually, I would have fired me too, but it's what did you do? You have off night. Can you tell me? No, off, we've got plenty month. of time. Can you give us the like cliff note version of what you did? I'll give you the short story. Um, how can I make this short? I mean, there's so many like juicy details, but the short story is, I, I mean, we ha I have to set the stage here. Imagine me, dreadlocks, you know, uh, 22 maybe. You'd look good with dreadlocks now. You're very flattering. And I am and, imagining uh, you with dreadlocks. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. Nice. I'll show you a picture. I've seen them. Uh, so I'm hired as, it's like my third job, you know? I'm hired as the mopper. Nice. Uh, At the Black Hat? Yeah. Ew. Not even not even the ticket taker. Uh, ew. Know? 
That's yeah. a hell of a. You were that's working a hell your way up job. to. You're working your way up to. You're telling me, sister. Uh, but uh, was that what did you say? No, you know they're they're they actually want us to introduce <laughs> yeah. you, and we're just they're so, so pushy in- here. They're yeah, so pushy. I mean, I'm sorry. It's I'm like sorry. Oh, it's God. like we're just talking to it's nobody. The man, but, like, you know Tom, how it is. Okay, it's go the ahead. Man Please, Tom Hellboy, Tom Rob, give him. Well, I'll re- put a bookmark in the story. Yeah, let's let's we gotta give an introduction so people know who we're talking to. We'll come back to the mopping. Okay. Uh, well, I've known John for a while, and he is right now with Queens of the Stone Age. But the story is... Just Queens of the Stone Age. No, he's been with Just, many bands. And yeah. Here's the bottom line. He is considered by many in the business, because I know I stand next to him, one of the most badass, crazy drummers. And everybody loves this guy as a person. And in 2004, we were a big day out. You were with Mars Volta at the time. Yeah. Okay. I was with Metallica. <laughs> And I, I didn't know much about you guys at the time. But all I know is every off night when you think Metallica would want to go to clubs or restaurants or bars, we had to find out where you guys were playing in these small, That's tiny, huge. cramped bars because they wanted to watch wow. you guys every you single that? night. Well, I found out because one night I turned around. And like, you know, and we were, we were standing solos. behind you. Yeah. I looked over there and there was Tom and Lars and McEnroe. Yes, and I was and like, Kirk and James would what come. What the hell's going on? And of course, it was back in the day when we all still smoked. And I remember I smoked I would what? I finished things. I finished the, but I'm talking about a cigarette here. Yeah, I finished a drum solo, and then it was a guitar, you know, hour. So I I had time to stand up and take. A, I just walked over to the side because I saw you and Lars, and I walked over there, and I remember standing on the side of the stage and being like, Tom, Lars, Kirk. McEnroe, a very that's kinda, well. Like, that's kind of huge. This is really something special, yeah. But that was an amazing tour. Man. It really was one of the coolest vibes. The Strokes, Black Eyed Peas were breaking. You guys were there, and, and we yep. would have to break from our their press to find you guys and just <laughs> get on a side of the stage, kind of slide them on, and they would just stare at you during your drum solos. It man. was real sweaty. I remember, I remember because well, it was summer, and the clubs were small. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It, that was a mutual thing. We were always, you know, hustling to find you guys too, because we became tour friends so quick. You know, because we all, of course, love Metallica. So, well, uh, how was it for you, kind of seeing James and Lars over there? I mean, you're still young at the time. I, I, not that like, you're kidding. 10 years. It blew my mind. We, but we had met a little earlier at the Metro in Chicago. Um, we had the Volta played a show, and Robert and. Uh, Lars and Kirk came down. I don't remember James being there, but we were at the. I had met them at the Metro briefly, really briefly, before like that fall. And so that winter when we went to Australia, it was like, oh, you guys are here. This is gonna be great. But you know, it was never lost on me that I was standing there talking to my idols about the things we loved and you know, doing yeah, shots. But the and, thing you don't know, as soon as we leave, they just talk about you for half an hour. <laughs> I mean, it was go really, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, well, we'll get back to some of this. We we need to continue your mop story. It was so so. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. But we we introduced you, you, you. But we, yeah, we, we really want to hear like the the mob story is pretty interesting because mopping the black cat has to be a pretty uh, humbling yeah, that's experience. A, maybe that's a, that's it's a not, thankless it's, job. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it that way. Because if, also imagine. Okay, so you're picturing me dreadlocks. Uh, you know, 
you know, lots of, well, details I won't go into, but. No, we love details, the f- please. The f- imagine the floor of this place, black and white <laughs> yeah, tiles, lovely, you know, like, lovely. so it's just kind of it's gray. It's as gross as it gets. I mean, it's, it's gross. like the bayou, the black cat, all of those places. It's when grosser everybody than leaves. the bayou, you know. No. But of course to us, it was no. the pinnacle. That was like the pinnacle. That was our, you know, growing up on the East Co- Coast. Coast. You know, we didn't know people that had buses or managers. Do you managers. remember DC Space? Yeah, hon. I mean, of course. God, I love course. the fact that you actually know the places. I know we came from about. the same place. Now, this is serendipity. It is. I'm kind so, of. So, but for us, that was the like pinnacle. You know, we didn't. You Guess what? Get a I got bus. extra credit for going to see Henry Rollins' spoken word. Oh, wow. at DC Space. Like, who gets who gets to do that? In for high school, school you talking in about high school? Oh, I got wow. extra credit, like extra credit for that. That's pretty great. Who, who, come on, so. it's like Europe. You know, people curate and cultivate the arts because it's part of our you know cultural identity. It's important not to forget that. Unfortunately, stuff. in the U.S., we don't find that you know as much yeah. as, yeah. as interesting. Except as for your teacher, clearly, who was you know saying you see. Well, it was Alona Popper, John Popper's uh, sister from Blues Traveler. So I kind of was had your a, teacher, your I, high school was, teacher. She was my poetry teacher. Yeah, we're back to the oh, wow. She was my poetry yeah, teacher in in yeah. She was a poetry teacher at um, a school called Washington Ethical High School. Okay. That was after First I of all, left okay, let's the go back. Catholic Did boarding school. Did you go to Baltimore Unethical School? <laughs> yeah. You went yes. to Unethical School, yeah. <laughs> you had a poetry class. Wow. They were making me very ethical. All right, so working. for us, the the, the pinnacle was. You know, like you might be able to get a a shitty. Oh no, you're good. You're good. You might get a shitty used van. Shit, you might as well be able to get a shitty used van, and maybe you could. Your band could maybe go on tour with Fugazi. Maybe you could make a record in your ear. You know, maybe. But we didn't know about buses or managers or you know any of this. So for me, in some on some level, I think subconsciously, I was like, I made it because I'm the fucking mopper at the Black Cat. You know. It was a thankless job, but I was like, it was my third job. But those were the kind of things to do. Like, there was Let's only, put it this way. Do you remember Commander Salamander? Yes. I worked there. You did? I worked. At, at the Command- mall? No, Commander Salamander on, um, was it Wisconsin? It's not M Street. M well, in Wisconsin, there is Commander There was Salamander. one in Baltimore, too. Oh, there was. Or I feel like it was at the, I feel like it was in the mall. Really? Maybe I'm confusing it with Wave Dancer. I think you're confusing it because there was only one Commander Salamander. Is that that was the there place? There can only be one. No, but that was a place in yeah. the '80s that you went for all of your punk rock gear, like your hair color, your like wrist, wristbands, studded wristbands. You know, all yeah. the stuff that made you really cool. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. In Baltimore, it was karmic because nobody could tell you were cool without all that. Yeah. Shit on. Right. You know, like, well, yeah. yeah, when you're a kid, you got to like, you got to wear your identity on your, right. it's got to be a, like, the creeper. You got to be able to see it. The, yeah. 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 I don't okay. think it's changed. So I was just barely beyond <laughs> that in DC, you know, and I became the mopper and I, I think I actually only worked there one night technically. <laughs> so I, be, but I was there every night anyway, because, you know, I like beer and I like rock and roll and either I was playing or watching someone play. Uh, long story short. The Offspring came on my first night to do like a warm-up show, which at that point in my young life was mind-blowing enough. Absolutely. I was like, yeah. what are all these trucks and buses doing here? Why are all these people here? And why are why is there a barricade? All these things that I had no idea about. So throughout the course of the night, my, my boss at the time, who was actually – maybe he should go unnamed – yeah, but he was. Some, I'll, he'll go on. Some name. people need to. But go he was there, like yeah. Bob. He's like Bob was like, "Will you get in the barricade and and you know battle for these guys?" And I was like, "Listen, man." <laughs> I was like, you know, the beginning of the Carol Burnett show with the like mop. That's me. Yeah, yeah, with, Like yeah, the yeah, apron yeah. and the mop, dreadlocks. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you asking me or telling me? 
and he was like well i guess i'm asking you and i was like hell no i'm not going in that barricade <laughs> i'm not going in there so this lady who worked there who was like really you know small in stature went in in my place and promptly got kicked right in the face by some guy nice. and I was like that poor woman, you know. But then suddenly that became kind of been my should have been me, and it's my it's my fault. Okay, so let's add to that the fact that this band, for for better or for worse, in my young mind was not playing well, not playing good songs, and not cool. So they were like oh for three. If it, if any one of those was great for me, I would have been like oh this music's great, but those guys are not that cool. Or You're like I can they're do playing this. great, but the music's not that cool. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. I'll be I'm into this. So <laughs> I was like hell no. And then at the end of the night, of course, it, things progressed, and there was a downstairs party with managers and like strippers, and I was like no. standing there with the mop, waiting for them to be <laughs> done with the party. Like I was like, man, this is really eating into my yeah. tequila time here. You when know? did they ask the mop boy uh, to come party? Yeah, with the strippers? no, I was not partying. I was I was the I was the, on the outskirts of the party, waiting for them to get done. And then the guy, same boss, is like, "Will you help push the boxes out?" And at that point, I was like, these guys have like 150 crew members. Uh, they just played this awful show. No, are you asking me or telling me again? And he said, I'm asking you. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I, then like, the next- I like that. I think I'm going to start using that from now on. You can when it. somebody says that, I'm just going to say, you are you asking me? Or are you telling me? That's a really diplomatic way of. We need to go to break, but are you asking us or telling us? Yeah, okay. So the, the, the finale is. Oh, were you enjoying that? Well, if you think that was good, you should go to playboyradio.com and hear what happens next. The first 30 days are free, so you have nothing to lose. See you there. Playboyradio.com.